Deborah Young, um, I'm really happy that you're visiting my podcast, RegTech Impact. Um, Deborah Young, I would say you are the CEO of the RegTech Association uh, based in Sydney. And I think we can start with questioning. Is that okay for you? Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Who are you and what are you doing? I mean, what would you say or how would you explain your job to your grandma or grandpa? Ah, oh, yes, it's a very good question. Um, I like that question a lot because I do get asked this. Uh, in fact, somebody in my family asked me this just the other day. And so I ex explain that by saying that I'm uh, influencing the government. I'm encouraging investment in and the export of technology that helps us all live a better life. And to give an example of that in real life, in Australia at the beginning of the pandemic, there were many, many people forced to queue outside of social security offices because they needed to validate manually the identity of all of those people. And so how I simply explain it is if the right technology had been in place, there would have been no need for all of those people, thousands and thousands of people to queue manually outside of offices and thereby risking uh, their health by perhaps catching um, COVID-19. So that's how I explain it. Oh, it's very interesting. But uh, let me think about the term of RegTech. What were your first contacts with the RegTech industry? So I think my, um, even though it wasn't known as the RegTech industry uh, back then, around about 30 years ago, I used to manage the risks uh, for an Australian uh, bank and, and a number of international uh, banks. And we managed the risks um, in a series of hardcover uh, paper books is, is how we used to manage the risks. This was even before we had computers. So I think uh, my desire um, to encourage technology to help manage these risks started way back then when I could see that people used to make mistakes all the time in, in this very manual way. Um, and so really my desire came about 30 years ago, but it is really only in the last couple of years um, where we where we uh, started to hear about RegTech and essentially um, the association was launched in 2017 and I sent an email via LinkedIn to the chair of the association and introduced myself and said, I think I can help you uh, set this association up. Not only did I start my career in risk management, but for the last 20 years have worked in the space of advocacy um, uh, across technology, across uh, financial services and various other things, and I really felt that I could help. So it kind of started a long time ago. Oh, interesting. That means in 2017, I think, you heard the first time 2017. But yeah. let me define or we can try or how would you define RegTech? I mean, the definition of RegTech seems a little bit difficult. How do, do, you, how do you define RegTech? Um We say it's short for regulatory technology and it's the application of emerging technologies to improve the way businesses manage their regulation and compliance across all regulated industries and verticals. And so we would say this is actually not just financial services but actually to a whole range of other regulated industries as well, such as health services, energy, telecommunications, education, agriculture, 
and so the list goes on. I mean, uh, very interesting. Uh, but why is the fintech so important for regtech? Or is there something we are going to change? Is you, you told about agriculture, for example, it doesn't fit to financial services, for example. Uh, which uh, sectors do you think uh, are more uh, getting improved by regtech? Can you say? So? Well, I think all of them can. And the one I didn't mention probably that can have the biggest transformation is government. Government can use RegTech across a lot of what they're doing. Digital identity is a big issue for governments um, right now, as an example. So I actually think that uh, here in Australia, um, we are going to see a big increase in government consumption of RegTech. I think next we are going to see uh, outside of financial services, which is also a, which, which is a currently a consumer of RegTech, we will also start to see telecommunications and energy as the next um as the next industries because we have a consumer data right rolling out with open banking to begin with and then that will look to the energy and the telco sectors uh, following that. So I think that they are going to be the biggest growth areas alongside of government. That's really interesting. I mean, uh, if I may ask you, which three topics should be considered when the public sector, I mean, the public sector and the private sector work together on RegTech? I mean, do you have any ideas for us? Because working with the public sector is not so easy without knowing um, the rules, maybe, or Correct. the habits. Or the Look, I think one of the reasons that the RegTech Association was established in the first place was to break down the barriers of collaboration and to help ease the business processes between the private and the public sectors and not just the private and public sector but, uh, you know, perhaps the tech sector as well and help each of these counterparts understand what it is to do business with one another, understand the challenges, surface those challenges And to see whether the association as an independent non-profit body could then help to break down some of those barriers. And some of those barriers, as an example, would be procurement is a massive barrier. We have, you know, 100 uh, reg tech companies that are all mostly small businesses. When they try and do business with a very large and complex organisation, it's a disaster waiting to happen. And so the reg tech must go in with their eyes open that it's not going to be easy. But on the other hand, um, the large and complex organisation needs to understand if, are, if they wish to do business with a small company, they need to adjust their processes in order to enable that. So some of the work of, of my association is to actually help break down some of those barriers, surface the conversations, the, the, the difficult and uncomfortable conversations in order to break down some of the barriers so that we can actually level the playing field and allow the big tech companies to get the work, but also allow some of the small tech companies um, to get the work. So it's part of what we do. That is fantastic. I mean, sales cycles or procurement, it's very, very difficult. It's, an, uh, you can say, a killer for reg tech startups. Yes, indeed. But, indeed. indeed. Yes. Yes. But uh, we are also talking about technology. Um, what is your view on the fast-changing technology landscape in today's world? I mean, um It changed everything. What is your opinion? Yeah, so my opinion is people better get on with it because it's, um, you know, if we just look at during the pandemic over the last uh, six or seven months, we have seen growth like you wouldn't believe in the amount of data that's changing hands as people have actually pivoted away to work in remote locations 
the amount of data that's actually flowing around the system has only grown. And so I would say that organisations really need to be thinking about how technology can help safeguard and make secure their information, how technology can enable and support their staff to make better uh, decisions with the data that they have. But in order to do that, they need the tools. And so some of this technology, I think that it's changing fast, but they better get started now because we're actually living in a future state now. It's no longer that we can sit here and say, well, we're going to develop a strategy for, you know, five years' time because the five years' time just arrived right on our doorstep. And we've proven actually over the last six months during the pandemic to be quite a resilient society. You know, we've, we adapted to these big changes very well and reacted quickly but the technology, you know, the technology is going to be the key to how we're going to remain safe and stable um, in the future. I think you also still answered the question how technology can help or maybe you can point it out. How do you think can RegTech technology help? Can you? Uh... Well, it can, it can, it can help uh, regulators and it can help regulators in two ways. Regulators may actually buy RegTech or SoupTech. Um, to help with their monitoring of their um, particular regulated jurisdiction. Uh, but RegTech can also help regulators gain confidence um, across uh, the area of their responsibility. So for the players out there, the banks, the financial services institutions, as an example, will give them some confidence that there is good technology being deployed. So I think that that's important. I think for the regulated entities themselves, And going back to what I was just saying, this is about empowering people to do a better and more superior job. If the amount of data is increased, um, you, you cannot expect people are going to be able to manually uh, sift through this stuff. So this is about empowering people, giving them tools and giving them resources um, so that they can identify the risks and then right up to the leadership teams and executive teams and boards of these companies, it will help them drive better strategic outcomes and safeguard consumers uh, while they do that. Because the more information that we have available to us, uh, the better business decisions that we can make and the better quality of the data, the better business decisions that we can make. And we may actually improve the customer interface in doing that, not only safeguard them, but actually improve the customer interface. So I think that this technology can help people in a very practical, in a very practical way. That sounds really good. And uh, if we talk about RegTechs, I mean, we should talk about also about RegTech companies. Um, which three RegTech companies and their makers come to your mind? I mean, it's can you tell yeah. some interesting RegTechs? So, so here's the thing. Um, so I represent 100 RegTech uh, companies. And so I'm not going to be playing favorites now because we're a non-profit, non-aligned organization. Um, but what I can uh, tell you um, is that um, about 80% of these companies are actually from Australia. About 20% of these companies are from um, offshore. The offshore companies have tended to be more aligned with the financial crime kind of spectrum or regulatory reporting. Uh, whereas what we're seeing coming out of Australia right now and why I think this is such an exciting time and something for people to watch out for is to look out for all of the um, reg tech solutions 
that are not financial services uh, focused, but are actually focused on or a sector agnostic in their approach. So things like marketing compliance, things like product compliance, things like conduct and culture assessment uh, tools and risk tools, um, information discovery. So across organizations, where is all their information? The connection. You can hear me? I think yes. the last word we didn't hear, the connection was lost. Sorry. Can oh, that's repeat okay. it. Yes. Uh, so I think a an exciting time uh, right now for RegTech is, is the focus, of course, on um, – on uh, solutions that are solving for um, financial services um, issues. But I think one of the most exciting things is actually the things that people don't automatically associate with RegTech, and they can be product compliance, marketing compliance, conduct and culture risk compliance, information discovery on where is your information How is it stored? In what format is it stored? Is it digital? Can we discover it? Is it discoverable? Does it have regulation and compliance impact? So this is actually a whole new world of RegTech that I think is actually very exciting, not just for financial services, but actually beyond that. Um, so as I said, I don't want to play favourites because I represent 100 firms, so I don't want to give you three, uh, but I give you 100 and tell you they're <laughs> all available on our website. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting Mike. i mean I, i try to figure out the major upcoming trends i mean um maybe you can tell me what what do you think are the three major upcoming trends please don't tell uh anti-money laundry okay all right so uh okay th this is what i think some of the sector agnostic solutions that i've just been talking about i think are going to be uh some of the upcoming trends I think we're going to see more from sentiment and speech voice data analytics uh, from a range of industries. I think smart digital identity is going to be a big ticket item and certainly has um, has risen up through the ranks during um, the pandemic. And I also think um, the previous point I made around conduct and culture. So what is actually happening in your organisation right now in relation to conduct and culture? And is this driving... Uh, behaviors uh, that are, are good for your overall um, risk management and I think cyber security is also is also going to be a, a massive thing over the next uh, uh, over the next little while for governments uh, for organizations and for um, and for consumers actually I think the three interesting because there are global issues. I mean, it's not just a trend. Uh, we can say, okay, this is a trend in Germany or in Australian. It's more global trends. I think it's very interesting. But um, to talk about um, to be able to transform RegTech forward, um, there should be public and private should work together. But the question is always who or who can be taken the lead on this i mean uh, who can be the reg tech uh, transformant forward where we can put public and private together mm. it's a great question and that is precisely the reason that the reg tech association was established in 2017 was to play this role and initially we played the role just locally to try and break down the barriers 
Um, but now we are starting to move across borders. We've got now um, international companies who are joining our association. I now have a regular uh, monthly uh, catch-up with um, a UK regulator. I have regular catch-ups with, with the cohort of other reg tech associations around the world. And I think that those associations will play a very important role. And, and the key here is independence and the fact that we are non-profit. So our association only exists to accelerate adoption of reg tech and to create a global centre of excellence. So we want to be about surfacing the very best reg tech in the world to be able to address the greatest challenges in the world and we can do that in this independent way. So I think that it's associations like ours that will actually be able to help make it happen. And the regulators have been very, very, um, you know, uh, they have been, they've welcomed um, our association because we're able to interact with them as well, but on an independent uh, basis. So I think watch this space for associations because I, I, I can see that there will be significant growth and there's a number of associations that have emerged over the last um, over the last two years. There's one in Canada. There's one in the Nordic countries. There's obviously one in Australia. Um, in Asia, they tend to be nested with the um, with the fintech associations and in some other parts of the world. But I think watch this space. I think because there are a number of reg tech associations. Um, uh, the reason it, we, we've had such success in Australia is because we are actually the third largest reg tech product development nation in the world. So that's pretty amazing when you think about behind the US and UK, which are major financial centres, Australia is not really a major financial centre, but we are we have a very strong compliance-based culture, which is why it's been so successful. Very interesting. You mean Australian is very, very interesting market also, but um, maybe you can help the reg tech companies, also startups level, um, how they can successfully enter the Australian market. Yes. So we do, uh, we, we help people all the time. Um, and, and we do that by offering for them to participate in our programs. We do less of a... Um, a matching service so we don't necessarily just open up our um, outlook and share all of the contacts because in one sense that just takes us back to where we were three years ago and that is the banks as an example of being bombarded by all kinds of uh, software vendors so what we do is we can bring them in we can um We can actually make them as part of our uh, program and we work very closely um, with the banks here in Australia and so we run programs with them that will actually help those organisations get straight to the decision makers within those organisations. So if there are um, reg tech companies that are looking um, to Australia, we can certainly help um, bring them in and get them uh, connected as part of our community Uh, but also then um, bring them into our programs that will help connect them up with the potential customers. Very interesting. Do you have any numbers or is there still using that platform? I mean, do you have any numbers for us? If not, uh, it's well, okay. I do, I do have a couple of numbers. I don't know whether it answers your question, but last year we had a 1,000 people attend our program. So in 2019 for the whole year, 1,000 people. From this year, just from March through to the end of September, we had 5,000 people from more than 40 countries attend our programs. So this is 
showing you the amount of growth and the amount of interest there is to enter the Australian market. Now, not all of those 5,000 were from overseas, but we get significant uh, numbers of people um, from overseas coming to our events. And, in fact, we're about to launch our global uh, conference shortly. And at first I was expecting maybe a 1,000 people to that, but I think that's going to be much higher. I think it's going to be much higher. And a number of them will be coming from offshore. In fact, we've structured the program so that it can meet the US and the UK and Europe market. Oh, yeah. We, we have, um, we have a global, um, conference which will run in March, um, next year. And initially we were thinking we might get a thousand uh, delegates attending that. Um, but in uh, just the last couple of weeks, it has become, uh, it has become obvious that it will be probably many more than a thousand. We've attracted international speakers to that, so it's really going to be a global event, and we've structured it so that um, it will meet the uh, US uh, time zones for our morning sessions and the UK and European time zones for the afternoon um, sessions. Uh, the whole thing will be 100% uh, virtual. So. We are trying to appeal to, but I think in terms of the interest, there is a lot of interest in what we're doing. And in fact, Microsoft are our platinum sponsor. And as you mm, know, they're a absolutely. global, I mean, global organization. Yeah, I think your ecosystem um, has a good um, uh, reputation and also it helps Rectech solutions. I mean, it's an interesting hub, for, may I say that? And that means the increasing numbers of attendance. But um, an another point yeah. is also, um, education and training is key. Um, yeah. What do you think? Who is providing the best hands-on training in this area? I mean, in RegTech areas. Um, what is your opinion about that? So we, um, so I'm going to say that for our, our location, we have um, filled that we have filled that gap, but we have also run. Um, some of our RegTech 101 training programs um, into other um, areas overseas. We've done a, a Middle East um, program. We just did a program um, for one of our local regulators here. 380 people registered uh, for that one-hour webinar on what is RegTech, so literally breaking it down, what are the different areas of RegTech, what are the kinds of solutions, giving them some practical examples. So I think that we've filled that gap very well because there's still a fair bit of confusion or there is a misunderstanding that RegTech is only uh, financial crime. Um, and so we've spent quite... Or there's confusion that RegTech is fintech and we see a very clear line between the two things. One is we can serve a whole range of verticals. One is that fintech, it's arguable that fintech needs RegTech in its application and that fintech is really uh, about driving more competition in financial services and challenging the traditional banking model. RegTech, on the other hand, um, are a series of enabling technologies and the only thing that's disrupting is a really bad process or really Absolutely. bad innovation. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the key difference between the two. So that's why I'm not really keen to get rolled up um, with fintech. Uh, there's absolutely a massive market out there for fintech and lots more competition will be great for everyone. But what I'm trying to say is that RegTech can complement all of that. It can yeah, complement all right. of that. I mean, 
I we always have very interesting topics we can talk about. Uh, I think the whole day long uh, because you told me about fintech. It's not regtech, and regtech is changing and it's going globally. I think um, that very interesting topics. Um, one point was for me. Um, if we talk about regtech and not about Australia's regtechs, do you have any connections or do you have, um, for example, here in Germany, um, do you want to go more overshore? I mean, to other countries, do you have any plans in this area? Uh, so do you mean, does the association intend, you know, intend to go um, elsewhere Absolutely, to other yes. countries? Is that, um, well, The, when it was established, it was established as the RegTech Association and we did that because we did think that we would be globally well positioned to create the momentum from here, um, which we've done. There is some interest um, from overseas countries to leverage from what we've done and so I think my answer to that is we are open, we are open to that because What we've created is not really unique to Australia. It's actually some, it's a model that can work everywhere in the world. And some of the programs that we are currently running, as an example, um, with some of the banks, is actually really breaking new ground for um, the industry. Um, you know, problem statement driven programs run by the banks where we can curate the best reg tech in the world and bring that to them, I think is an, uh, that there are no borders in what we could achieve, in what we could achieve there. And that's what we've been really good at doing, driving commercial. That is outcomes. really interesting. I mean, that sounds like a, doing a, a second podcast with you, Deborah, by the way, about this kind of topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, two last questions. I mean, um, What would you do if you are, were not working in your industry? I mean, if you are not the CEO of RegTech Association, what would you do? A personal question. <laughs> yeah, great question. Um, so I would, uh, I would become a professional sourdough bread <laughs> baker. Cool. I do that as a hobby now. Um, and I would hopefully invest in a much larger oven so I can bake more than one loaf at a time. Cool. And the, finally, question. There's science in making bread, you see, and I like that whole process behind and you never know what's going to come out the other end. So maybe that's what I like. I like uh, taking on the challenge of never knowing what's going to come out the other end. But if you look after it and you nurture it, um, you get a good result and put some butter and jam on there and off you <laughs> cool. go. And if you have a, a nice bread and a jam and you need to, something to drink, uh, who would you like to have a drink with? I think that's the last question. So it's a great question. It's a great question. And so I think my answer to that is there is an Australian academic whose name is Professor Genevieve Bell. And she is an artificial intelligence authority, but not only that, she's an anthropologist. And she uh, grew up, her mother was also an anthropologist, and she grew up on a lot of remote um, Indigenous Australian uh, communities. 
So she really had an appreciation for culture and humans and the evolution of humans. And then this is intersected in her life into what role that plays uh, with the, with where technology comes together with the human behaviour and culture. And so that is the person that I would most like to have a drink with. Um, she's speaking at our conference next year, but unfortunately it will be virtually and so my drink with her would also be virtual right now. So I could drink real wine, she could drink real wine, but it wouldn't be <laughs> cool. Cool, that's really, really cool. I think I would say, uh, Deborah, very, very thank you. I'm happy that we have a very interesting topic about RegTech and very insight, and I'm looking forward to the next episode, the next uh, po podcast with you about uh, interesting uh, topics. Deborah, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thank I you. appreciate that. Yeah.